All right, y'all. So a couple people have been DMing me about the float tank. If you have not done a float tank, I encourage you to at least try it one time. If you don't like it, that's completely cool. And you can message me at Morgan Jangram on Instagram and be like, Morgan, I didn't really like it. That's cool. However, I would encourage you to go try it out. I had a groundbreaking float tank experience and it was incredible. If you want to learn more about my float tank journey and how I go about doing float tanks, go listen to episode two uh, on this podcast. And it I break down how I see float tanks. And I've had a lot of people message me back being like, that is a game changing experience for me. I don't recommend it to do it every weekend. I do it once a quarter because it's a it's something that you, you, you just can't do it every week. It's too much because you're just sitting there in a tank literally by yourself and you're floating in a deprivation tank. It is so therapeutic for you that you come out of it being like, wow, this is amazing. So what I would encourage you all to is definitely go into the float tank. But, you know, speaking of amazing, we had Claude Silver on this episode. So on episode 17 and Claude Silver is is incredible. So she's the chief heart officer at VaynerMedia. When you think of VaynerMedia, you think of Gary Vaynerchuk. That is that same company. And we got an opportunity to speak to Claude and really dive into what is a chief heart officer and what does that even mean? And the whole theme of this episode was revolved around unlocking optimism. And Claude is an amazing and a wholesome person. She brought such great energy to this interview. I could have talked to her for another five hours easily. <laughs> like she made the conversation so easy for me. So it's no surprise is why Gary has her as the chief heart officer of VaynerMedia. That's, you know, now over at 900 plus employees. So she's basically having conversations with each employee on how to unlock their optimism and helping them get clear about their place inside of the organization. I just think it's a beautiful role. And the things that we talked about on the podcast were how she's learned a lot through motherhood and that's actually helped her be better at work. So it's actually really interesting how she talks about that. And, and I think it's a really interesting piece. Um, she's also writing a book right now. So check that out. <laughs> Claude's coming out with a book. I'm definitely going to pick it up. And after this interview, you'll, you'll see why I want to pick it up. And then also as well, she talks about spending time with the core group. So remember when I talked about an episode 12 about the spreadsheet, on keep having those personal connections that you keep up with and making sure those personal connections, you're continuously reaching out to them, whether it's text, phone call, et cetera. So well, the cool thing about spending time with the core group is that you're able to really understand why you spend time with these people, how to amplify those relationships. And by continuously spending time with those people, you just gain a better perspective about the world and what you're doing moving forward. Again, it's really a fascinating thing that she talked about. And she said, yeah, I do cocktails with them. I do phone calls and all that different stuff. So I think it's going to be really insightful for a lot of you all. Again, Claude is an extremely busy individual. And the things she broke down were very, very simple to do. And if a busy executive like her could do it, then you know we can all do it. So uh, tune into this episode as someone who has tons of experience that is working with the best of the best. I could not recommend this episode enough to tune into. And as always, y'all, if you find value in this podcast, please, please share it on Instagram at Morgan J. Ingram. If you share it in the story, make sure to tag me and also the one up for a podcast. we got an Instagram now. And the oxygen of this podcast is a review. So please, if you're finding value from this, leave a five-star review for us and let us know what's going on. So enjoy this episode. It won't disappoint. Real quick, I want to show some love to one of our sponsors, Lessonly, and my guy, Kyle Lacey over there. It's a powerful yet simple readiness and training software for high growth sales teams. And as we all know, it's a virtual environment. So it's really important to have the remote teams on the same page so they can deliver amazing experiences to the customers and prospects. And I love their motto, by the way, do better work, check them out. They're helping major brands like HelloFresh, Goodwill, Birchbox, and Thrive Market do success. And a lot of their clients are saying that their software gives them a lot more confidence in the way that they onboard their new reps and their existing reps. That's massive. So if you're in the market for it, check them out. Easy to use, easy to adopt. It's Lessonly.com. 
So it's L-E-S-S-O-N-L-Y.com. And you can also click the link in the show notes to get there as well. Claude, anything that you want to add to what I said there before we get in this interview? I just want to say thank you so much. I'm stoked to be here. I love the topics and, uh, you know, respect. Awesome. So I, I did a little research and I, and, I, and, I, and I found this and I was like, I have to ask you about it before we get into the meat of this is snowboarding. Yeah. So, so I, I read how you had initial failures with snowboarding and you were like, I don't really know about this. But then now it's become your favorite activity. And I really want to understand, like, what were you going through in that moment when you were learning to snowboard and what propels you to keep moving forward with that? Yeah. Well, let's take you back to like 1986. Okay. When I okay. first learned how to snowboard. So <laughs> like, right. there weren't any like stiff shoes or like great bindings. I mean, it was like you put on your winter boots, you strapped in and you, you Good know, luck. Held, held on for life. <laughs> so I'm a real, you know, I'm definitely, um, I'm a risk taker uh, by, by nature. And I like to kind of like ride the rails. Yep. Things. Uh, you know, I just do. And I didn't, I wasn't finding any cheap thrills out of, out of skiing. I, you know, I grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So it's super high up, a lot of mountains, a lot of snow. And I just felt like my body and who I was and my center of gravity belonged on a snowboard, you know, snowboard. Okay. And so uh, I tried it. I went with my brother. He basically, he and his friends basically like took me to a cliff and then like left me. So I had to get down crying on my butt. I mean, sideways on my butt. See you, see you later. Yeah, he was literally like, what? okay, you can do it. He was like, you can do it. Okay. And I, God, I, I came down. I was seriously crying. But there was something about, you know, you're out there, you're by yourself, you're in nature, you're talking to yourself, you're sweating, you're just like, and there was something really thrilling about it. And I, I just loved it. You know, I mean, I, I did not love it that day, but I picked yeah. it up. I never took a lesson. I just kept on going, kept on going, kept on going, you know, like, and when you fall and you're a beginner, it's like, you know, your wrists crack. It's like you get hit in the solar plexus. You could, you could feel it. Back. Oh yeah. Way before helmets. And, uh, but I love it because it, for me, the snowboarding and wakeboarding are the same thing really. And it's like, you feel like you can fly. You feel the sense of freedom and expansiveness. And I love that. I need that in my, in my person, in my body. So that's it for me. I just, I love that sense. I don't like being cold. Don't get me wrong. But you know, the faster you go, the faster you get down. <laughs> <laughs> so basically learn how to snowboard as fast as possible. So you're not as cold and, and yeah, you'll right. be fine. You'll yeah, be fine. Exactly. exactly. But it's, it's a thrill. I love it. I love it. I love it. Can you do any tricks? I, I could do some ollies, some some turns. Okay. You know, I can jump a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there in, in age, which doesn't mean I shouldn't be doing some tricks, but I'm also like the falls hurt that much more. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, now, now I have a helmet and I can't believe I snowboarded for so long without a helmet. It's just like whack, your head just goes back all yeah. the time. Now at least I have a helmet, so like there's no concussions going on. So, <laughs> um, but you know, I think my trick is really just like really going fast and catching edges. And, Makes and sense. for those of you that have ever snowboarded or certainly wakeboarded, or there's a, just a real thrill of like the carving of makes me it makes me really happy. <laughs> That no, that that is really awesome. I have never done snowboarding, never done skiing, and I've always wanted to try snowboarding. So now I'm like, all right, maybe I need to get up there. We got helmets now, right? So yeah, you know, so I should be fine. Yeah, we gotta go one of these days. We gotta figure it out. We're we're gonna make it happen. So on the follow up episode, it's gonna be me talking about my snowboarding experience, and you know, either I was great, or maybe you're all gonna see me to cast next time. Who <laughs> who knows? But we're we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna get hurt. We'll yeah. be good. So another question for you: you obviously have had a great career and an, an awesome journey. And it's just very intriguing that you are a chief heart officer. And I've, again, never heard of that. But your background, right, is you were the head of strategy and digital and you're in past jobs. And now you've had this job of a chief heart officer in a digital agency. So how did that all come about? And how are you infusing empathy in these organizations? 
Yeah, great. So, you know, I've always been this person. So this, you know, being a chief heart officer isn't like me putting on a, uh, you know, shield or uniform every day. It's still Claude. I've always been that kind of that mentor coach, that player coach. You know, I like people. I like developing people. I like, I'm like a a player cheerleader without the pom-poms, you know? And so I I studied psychology in a a very deep way a long time ago, was studying to be a a social worker and and therapist. I wanted to be a therapist. And I got a job offer. I was living in San Francisco. It was 1998, pre, you know, it was pre-Facebook, pre-Google. And I decided to take a turn and learn this dark art of digital, whatever the internet was, right? Awesome. Dot com. And I just knew that I'd always be me, right? I, you can't just, you just can't change my stripes. So one thing led to another. And I had a really, really wonderful career in advertising and creative agencies. And I met Gary. It was awesome. Kind of like, you know, brother, sister. It was terrific. And yeah. I started with him in May of 2014. And I was, um, I, I was a, you know, a client strategist, same thing. I'd always been running really large pieces of business. And uh, I guess it occurred to him that I was really good with people that I, I had an empathetic touch. I was intuitive. I had some good insight on people. He trusted me. Yeah. He trusted me enough to, you know, let me do what it is that comes naturally to me, which is really take care of people, which is really put my arms around people and hold space for people and do my best to not judge and and help connect people. And one thing led to another. And I said to him right around my year anniversary there that, you know, I was really so thankful for the opportunity and I really loved him and loved the agency, but I I had lost the love for advertising. I had lost the love for like working on campaigns, but I really loved the people. And he said, you know, what is it that you want to do? He asks everyone that. And I just said, I, love the heartbeat of this place. And I really want to be around people. And so a few months later, he came to me and he's like, that's it. We're going to create the chief heart officer role. And that's you. And I knew exactly what it meant because there was no change. There was no, okay, take that uniform off, put this mask on. It's just you. Yeah. So I said to him two things. One, you know, what are we doing here? And he said, we're building the greatest human organization of all time. Sign me up for that. Aspirational will never be done. And I said, how do we know if I'm successful? And mm. he said, you'll touch every single individual and infuse the agency with empathy. And that's the only job description I have, you know, as the first chief heart officer, that's it. Other yeah. people will have other job descriptions and they'll do it their way based on their personality. And this is what Gary thought he needed for the agency to scale him and to, and to really infuse his vibes you know, across and through. And so at that point, you know, we were 450 people, about a thousand now. And so every day I figure out how am I going to bring empathy? How am I going to bring kindness? How am I going to bring honesty, communication, emotional courage to any situation I'm in, you know, to any and every situation I'm in. That's really the key. And, um, you know, I do it all day long. You know, I, I, I do it with individuals one-on-one. I do it with culture jams. I do it with clients. I do it with leadership, you know, anything like that. So it's a, you know, I get to use all the tools that I've amassed in this toolkit for so long and, and take them out and see if this one's going to work or should I tinker over here? I I think that's an incredible story. And also what it sounds like is it makes you more fulfilled. And I believe, you know, everyone, that's what they're striving for across the board. And there's two things that I want everyone listening in to pay attention to what Claude said. Number one is she was very upfront with Gary in the sense, who's the leader of the organization. And a lot of us in our career are sometimes don't want to be upfront with what we want because the person might be like, yeah, okay, you can't, I can't do that. But in this case, it was like, yeah, okay, what do we need to do? And then now it's like, okay, we could figure out what we need to do together. That's a really important conversation. And two for leaders is asking the question like, okay, so what do you want to do, right? Just because someone might not have love for this thing in the organization, there could be something else that they could do that could help them moving forward. And that's something I always continuously do is ask like, okay, like, how can I help you here? Or if I feel like I could be doing something more, it's like, I'd like to do this and we could collaborate and figure it out together. So that's a, a beautiful story right there. Yeah, right on. And and really what it what the summary is play to your strengths. Yeah. That's really the summary. And if you can't do that with the title, continue to do it who you are with the person. I just happen to have a killer title, 
that matches who I am. But without the title, I was still doing it. So play to your strengths. That's that's the deal. I think that's how we how we are fulfilled in life. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that 100%. Triple down, quadruple down on those. And that's going to lead into the three the three things we always ask people and when they come on the show and we are our theme here is unlocking and the optimism which which directly aligns with everything you've said so far so claude what are the three things that you're doing outside of your career outside of work that helps you be successful in what you do on a day-to-day basis yeah you know what and the three one of the three things is different is is new if you would have asked me this three years ago so i'm a mom Mm. you know i've got a two and a half year old and that is one thing I'm doing that I did not see in the cards, you know, a while ago. Being a mom is like the best thing I've ever done. Being a parent, awesome. You know, it's it's a sacrifice every single day, and it's the biggest joy every single day. So that is huge for me, and I get so much pleasure and enjoyment and growth out of that. So motherhood. Awesome. I'm writing a book. Uh, a couple of publishers came to me and, and approached me to write a book on being the first chief, chief heart officer. So in that book, which is a labor of love, you know, it's really like you got to <laughs> yeah. have blinders on. I'm really writing about emotional optimism and what it means, I think, to lead with heart and lead with love. Uh, so that's really incredible. And I think the third thing is something that COVID has presented in a different way, which is spending time with your core group. Okay. You know, And right now it's on... I mean, it's on uh, video, but really solidly in contact with like my core four, five, six friends in a different way than I would have when I was really busy, you know? Yeah. So I want to start there with the core group. I feel like a lot of people struggle with this. If you're a high achiever, if you're an executive, you typically are on the road a lot and now COVID you're not. (laughs) You're, you're just at home and you're like, uh, wait, I can actually talk to people now. Like how, how do I actually go about that? Cause right. I'm not on the road a lot. So, so let, let's, let's talk about this, right? Cause it's new for everybody. And how are you going about spending quality time with your core group? So let's start there. Yeah. I mean, the first and foremost, for, first and foremost has been like just having cocktails with yeah. them on screen. And, you know, we started that really early, like early May, I would say, yeah. of just getting together. We're all in different time zones. So, you know, sometimes it's like four o'clock their time. It's six o'clock. It's wine time, my time, you know, but yeah. we make that happen. And we just, we just shoot it. You know, there's, it's just nice. We talk about parenthood because now, you know, we're all parents and I can join into that conversation, but committing to having a date. So, you know, Friday nights at six, uh, some people I do it Saturday, I do Sundays. I also do phone calls now, which is something I didn't do for a very long time because like who wants to talk on the phone? And so phone calls are something that, you know, we're doing, you know, I would say with my four core, mm. even the ones that I live in the same state of, we just, you know, dedicate to like, hey, can you talk or FaceTiming randomly? And so it just takes intention and it's a different kind of intention that I used to have. Just like sending a text is one thing. Yeah. But actually spending time with someone and either on FaceTime looking at them or taking a walk and talking on the phone and just like having that, it's it's actually kind of like having that me time. And before COVID, when we were all, you know, crossing town in taxi cabs, running through airports, on airplanes, like the me <laughs> yep. time was just like getting to the plane and sitting you, down in the seat. You have none. You're just like, I hope first and foremost, I hope that no one's in my aisle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope no one talks to me. That's exactly right. Which is crazy, right? It's not even representational of who I am. Yep. But that's exactly right. Like, I just want to get there. I want to put on my headphones and I want to watch a, a, a movie and I'll take a diet coke. Thank you. Yeah. And that's that was your me time. Yep. And that's very different because flying is very different. You don't even get diet coke now. <laughs> you get a little ball of water. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really I, I have to say, you know, um I I put out a lot all day. I, I certainly am there a lot for people. And I realize that I also need my bucket to be filled. And that's exactly what your question was, you know, is what are you doing outside of work? And, and the other thing I do that I didn't do a lot of is I cook now. It's a real okay. creative, it's very creative for me. I don't use recipes. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that looks like it should have some ginger, some garlic, and some <laughs> red pepper flakes. Cool. <laughs> it tastes good. 
I love it. I love it. So that was going to be one of the things that I wanted to bring up because you mentioned earlier that you're having conversations all day long. And obviously the day to day of a chief officer from what you told us is like having those conversations that probably go super deep and very personal with people. And obviously that's energy that you're taking on. So you're doing these phone calls to make sure that you're having that commitment of time. Uh, How are some other ways that you reset? And does that ever get to you that you're having so many conversations on a daily basis? And maybe you miss that me time at Friday at six. It rarely gets to me. The only time I say it will get, it has gotten to me in COVID is like, you know, we've had, like, let's be honest, in America, for sure, we've had some really intense societal SHIT happen here, especially yeah. with the murder of George Floyd, Brianna, and, and, and then the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. That was very intense time because that's a lot of raw emotion. And yeah. I can hold raw emotion. And there comes a time when raw emotion and I don't have answers for really it, it was, um, it was, it was sad. There's a yeah. very heavy weight and I couldn't solve it. Can't solve racism. I really wish I could. I really wish the two of us could. Absolutely. And we can't, we need each other. We need awareness. So I would say, you know, those are, those were really hard, some hard times in the early summer um, where I was like, whoa, I need to just take five right now because yeah. I am spinning around. Um, but normally, normally, you know, the things that really like fill my bucket back up, uh, my kid being outside. So like, you know, I'm in Florida right now. I'm not in the cold New York. <laughs> you got on the tundra. I needed to be outside. I need to be like, be, you know, it's just, just the deal. Like I need fresh air. Cooking is for sure something that just fills me up. I love it. I don't know where it came from in me. I just like love the creation of this, that, and the other. Listening to music is super important to me. Mm. And in, because I have a, a young toddler, I don't get that very often. But when I do, I can really like I get it. I really get into it. But I got to tell you, because I love what I do, for the most yeah. part, I would say ninety eight percent of the time, I'm really full. I feel really good, and it doesn't weigh me down to like get up and do it again. Because I love. I, I would do it no matter what. Yeah. I'd be doing it no matter what. And so now you know, I started a podcast. That's really fun. Like being on the other side of the mic is interesting for me absolutely and it's a new muscle for me you know so and because the fact is it's like i'm not completely extroverted at mm. all i'm extroverted in the work day i'm definitely not extroverted after work you know like don't, don't talk to me introvert <laughs> it's just more just like i just need to refuel and absolutely i've been like you know i just i quiet i quiet my cool my jets as my mom would say i cool my jets a little bit <laughs> And I, and I think that's really important what you said there, because, you know, we, we talked about unlocking optimism and I feel like to be optimistic, you have to have self-awareness to understand how do you refuel your jets? Everybody, yeah. everybody is different, right? You've mentioned a couple things. Uh, we'll get into the motherhood here in a minute. Um, but the cocktails, the calls, the me time, the cooking, uh, I want to get something about the core group. And then I'm going to ask a follow up question around the cooking piece, because I, I think that's interesting. How do you decide your core group? And the reason I ask that question is because a lot of people right now, you just mentioned a lot of things that are happening. I've actually lost a good amount of people, friends, during everything that happened last June, during I would call the modern civil rights movement. I lost people. And I was, it's really emotional for me because like I thought we were cool. And the way that they saw things was different. And I, I was like, whoa, okay, like I just can't even be cool with you anymore. So like, how do you, define your core group in this new in this new environment so you can fill up that bucket man i hear you so i hear you so much my heart is like just what you said to answer the question my core are the people that are going to be real with me straight up that Mm -hmm. can hold space that can do exactly what i do without judgment but can set me straight if i need to be set straight and i can come to them with like you know, an issue I'm having today, then I yo-yo tomorrow, then I come back to them the next day. The issue. <laughs> right. they don't, you know, they just hold it just like I do, you know? So it's people that I know, like I can be clawed with, without shame. Really, that's a huge thing. Without shame, without embarrassment. You know, they just want the best for me. 
And these are all old freaking friends. Yeah. They're old, old friends, you know. Uh, two of them I've known since I was one. You know, so that's a long time. That, and the other that's two, a, that's, that's incredible. incredible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no, it does not happen. <laughs> no. And the other two are, you know, my junior high, high school friends that, that yep. are back home. And I don't know, there's just like, a, there's a, you know, to be cliche, there's a sisterhood there. Like we, we just, we know, and we know we need each other. And yep. we're not afraid to say that. And that's really key. It is because... I feel like sometimes we don't want to rely on other people. We just want to be like, hey, it's all me. When we realize like, no, I need people to, I like what you said, hold me accountable. I have the same group of, of friends, like very like, you know, the inner circle. And, you know, I told them like, hey, like if I'm doing something dumb, like call me out. Right. And I might be up, like upset in the moment to be like, what the heck? But then I'm like, you're right. I need that. Thanks yeah. Yeah, totally. And I got to say, I didn't even put my brother into that category. Like my brother and I are thick as thieves. And yep. not, not only will he call me out, like he'll, he'll tease me out. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, like, oh no. He, I mean, he left me on the cliff. Yeah, he, he like, left you. <laughs> he'll, you know, he'll kick me to the curb with love, but he'll kick me. <laughs> so uh, that is, that is absolutely hilarious. So, okay. On the cooking side, cause I want to go into this. So you, you said you're not using recipes. So yeah, people might've heard that earlier and were like, Whoa, Claude's just, just going in the kitchen doing whatever. Yeah. So what made you do that and not do recipes? And then how do you feel after when you cook? Love it. Um, recipes that the structure of a recipe doesn't work with who Claude is. Got it. So a recipe is in somewhat of a set form and that's a box Yep. and and that's awesome and great. And I just don't live in, I don't function in a box like that unless I'm baking. And then you're like, okay, you need two tablespoons of this. But like last night I made shrimp scampi and I just, I just, yeah, I had shrimp scampi before. So I'm like, all right, it's garlic, some onions. I threw yep. some broccoli, some spinach in there, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Pasta <laughs> yep. for seven, eight minutes. And, it was awesome. So how does it make me feel? I imagine it makes me feel like I painted something. Yeah. It makes me feel like I actually am an artist in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Mind you, that could be a Jackson Pollock or it could be like a Picasso. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. By no means is it just like a, you know, a cubist. I'm not a cubist artist, but yep. it makes me feel like I've created something and it tastes good. And I, you know, I'm a Taurus. I'm a, uh, my sign is a, a, that of a Taurus. And so I love all things that have to have to do with like beauty and the arts and culture and, and flowers and scents. And, you know, so the taste is very important to me too. So you mentioned signs yeah. and this, so there's a sign and then we'll go to the motherhood and on the next question, because you mentioned this. So I'm a Scorpio. Most yes. people when, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they hear a Scorpio. They don't want to talk to us, but it's fine. So do you, do you ask your employees what their signs are to figure out what to give them as you're trying to build this honey empire? And are there other things that you do to unlock that? Like, and what I mean by that is like Enneagrams or Myers-Briggs, et cetera. Like, I'm just yeah. curious. Yeah, I do love signs and Scorpio and Taurus. It's, it's either a hit or miss because we're right opposite. And so it's, yep. this is a hit. This is a great hit. Uh, I have a lot of Scorpio in my, in my sign. Um, so I like to play with things like that. I, I haven't done a lot of Enneagrams. You know, sometimes mm. I'll do like a strength finders. I like some psychometric testing just because I think people like to find out stuff about themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and there's a curiosity about who am I? How do I think? Sure. How do I feel? So I like to play with those and I give people those. And then when I'm doing coaching, I have a, like a standard set of questions that I ask people to fill out and then we jam just like you and I are jamming right now. Yep. And fortunately they show a lot of emotional courage and vulnerability and they trust me enough to like jam on some real stuff. So that's the kind of stuff that, that I do, you know, in, in the rooms with people. And I'm not in rooms necessarily. We're in a room, yep. you know, or in a Google sheet. Um, but I'm really, you know, I get, get the honor of really being with people in their moments and holding it and helping them try to make sense of whatever might be blocking them or yep. what lights them up and being like, that's it. What you just said, you see how you see how you see how you felt when you just said that that's it. Go there. 
No, I, I love it. I think it's the direction and it's very tactical because you can hear from people and you, you're doing that act of listening. I know, I know. Getting an interruption in the middle of the episode and having an ad pop up in the middle of a great point is the worst. However, I want to show some love to my organization and sponsor, JB Sales. And as many of you know, I started out giving out sales content on a YouTube channel and podcast called the SR Chronicles. And I created the one-up formula to figure out different concepts. However, on a day-to-day basis, I'm still talking about sales. And I am a business professional that happens to give out sales techniques and a sales trainer over at JB Sales. And we train reps for leading companies like Slack, Google, MindBody, Salesforce, and many fast-growing companies like that. And what some of you may not know, hot tip, is that you can access our content for yourself with our new on-demand platform. So people are constantly asking me for my sales tips and constantly asking questions from multiple platforms like on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and everything that I talk about is inside of the on-demand platform. And we're seeing crazy results from people all across the board. And people are DMing me telling me, hey, we're, we're scheduling 20x more meetings, 2x on our cold call conversions, and using video prospecting to schedule net new meetings into accounts they never were able to. So if you're interested in this, on these incredible results that we're seeing, feel free to check us out. And if you're in sales, and if you're looking to up your sales game, this is for you. So check us out, JB Sales On Demand over at ondemand.jbarrows.com. That's ondemand, J-B-A-R-R-O-W-S.com. And per usual, I'll put the link in the show notes. All right, let's get back in the episode. So on a motherhood side, right, you mentioned growth. Mm-hmm. What, are the, what are the three things that you would give advice to someone maybe listening in that's about to be a parent or a mother that you've learned? You're like, hey, these are the three things I wish I would have known. Jeez. <laughs> really? Right. Really wish I would have known the sleep thing. (laughs) Those days of sleeping in, those days, those are gone. Those are really gone. And I really didn't, you know, people told me that, but you don't know it until you're in it. You're like, wow, sleep is a very different thing now. You know, you just survive on this kind of sleep. I think that's the first thing. I think the other thing is to watch a little person grow and develop every single day. Yeah. Whether or not it's in height, whether or not their feet expand, whether or not their hair grows, they they get another language, they get another word. They have a sentence in which, you know, you can just start to hear them put the pieces together. Like watching this little person develop cognitively and what I think is like intuitively and like she's got some sass. I love. You're you're just like, yes. Yeah. So like I'm learning to, you really observe, like observe. Cause I will say, and they all say it, it goes in a blink of an eye. Right. I think that's the other thing. And then I think that, you know, the other thing, the third thing is probably like to watch myself that I don't put any of my, my BS or my anxieties on her, you know, just because I might not like to be late. It's not her problem. You know, or just because I don't like a messy kitchen, that's not her problem. Yeah. You know, so don't, I I don't want her to pick up on anything and I can't control, right? I can't control her, but I can control our environment. And so that's really key is to like check myself, you know? And so, so checking yourself, you said that this is one of the three things outside of work that's really helping you be successful in work, most people, when they become parents, it becomes a way more stressful thing for them. And they're like, oh my gosh, there's a lot going on. So how has this helped you come to work more empowered, it sounds like, than you were before? You know, even as an empathetic person, I really thought like I had it covered. Yeah. I had it covered. But I didn't know anything about parenthood. I was not half as empathetic with mm-hmm. an understanding with parents as I am today. Absolutely. You know, of course, we're at COVID now. So now it's homeschooling or now it's like you don't have childcare, right? No one's coming in the house. Virtual classes. Yeah. (laughs) And I just, I really didn't understand. Like, what does it take to get your kid out the door? It takes Mm -hmm. a half an hour. (laughs) 
you know, it's like even what does it take to get my kid to change her diaper? It takes almost a half an hour. Yeah. You know, those types of things. And, and uh, what does it take to like get them to sit down and eat? It takes time. And that's just time that cuts into your already your full day. Absolutely. So it has really helped me be much kinder, more understanding, more empathetic, like with other parents. Cause like we're, we're in it and I have one. Imagine if you have three or imagine if you don't, if you're not able to have childcare at all, it's intense. It's intense. So it's really, I think given me, it, it humbled me in quite a way. How so go a little bit more into like humbling you. Yeah. Well, because here I am thinking like, I got it. I understand. Like I'm an empathetic person, right? My job is to infuse empathy throughout an agency. Yep. Right. So I, but what I, what I realized is as as much as I am that, I was only halfway there with parents because I mm. couldn't step inside and see what it was like. I couldn't really be a passenger in their world because mm -hmm. I had no idea what it was really like to not have sleep. I had no yeah. idea what it was really like, you know, if your kid just said no all day, you know, or so that's what I mean. It was, it was, it showed me the humility, like, I don't know everything at all. And just because I am, you know, an empath and in a, in a heart doesn't mean that I, I, I'm a know-it-all because I'm not. And there's so much to learn. There's so much to learn about parenthood and society and all kinds of things that this last year has taught me for sure. And I mean, for sure. I mean, it's just you take in so much that was happening from the last year and obviously there was a lot of sad things but there's obviously a lot of positive empowering things as well that you could take from it and from all the things that you have learned from this parenthood it sounds like you said it humbled you right so when you went into the work place you probably took some things that you learned from motherhood so what were those things that you took from motherhood like you're being home with your kid now you brought it into the workplace as part of the best practices that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, you know, I, I would say we have a much stronger parenthood Slack channel. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> That's what I will say. Yep. That there was always that Slack channel, and now I'm involved in it. I've been involved in a stronger way in the last year, you know, yep. in sharing more resources as a lot of vendors might come to me to offer up things that they, you know, that they can give parents and whatnot. I'm more apt to bring that into the circle. So I would say that's one thing. I think the sharing of, you know, <laughs> resiliency and stories <laughs> and like how do we get through it or yep. studies or like dance classes, you know, online or those types of things. So it's been more of a collaboration. And I think that that's something that being a parent has has brought me because, you know, I'm looking on Instagram on, on mom blogs just like anyone else's. I'm yeah. trying to get some ideas too. You know, and uh, and so bringing that in, and I think we have you know, a much we have a richer pool, you know, a richer pool to for for us all to like swim in and jam in and be parents in, and that's really helpful. And if I think about what I was talking about in the beginning, was which was you know my friendship, my core, it's the same kind of thing. None of us are judging each other. We're all yeah. in it. You know, we're all just like, whoa, okay, how are we going to handle this? You know, yeah. or like some people's kids are back in school. Some people's aren't like, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of, there's a lot of patience needed, I think also to be a parent, but just to be in a, a human. And I don't think we give each other that grace at all. And I really hope that we can, we can look at where we've come from in this last year of enormous pain, some yeah. joy, a lot of angst, loneliness. But my hope is that we're getting closer to like walking across the bridge towards one another rather than keeping each other at bay. Yeah. That's my real hope because we are in a collective experience, like it or not. And it's really easy to basically, I call it just being in, be in the castle Mm -hmm. and not bring down the drawbridge and be like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hang out here. <laughs> right? yeah, right? yeah. I don't want anybody to come in when it's like, uh, yeah, the castle's burning. You might, you might need some help. 
Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, and not only that, not only being in the castle, it's really easy to just keep people out completely. Yeah. And, you know, like box them out. People just don't, I don't know. You know, I think what we've seen in America in this last year has been, uh, has been frightful. Mm. Uh, and, and I can use a lot of other words. And I think what we saw with the election is that there is hope and there's going to be some action based on the leaders that we have and the leaders that those leaders put in place. And I'm very, very hopeful that, that there is a new dawn and that the, the, yeah. the, the precipice is here, that we can walk through it. Yeah. And, and that's the hope. And, you know, the, the light is there for that future that we're able to do that, which is the good thing. And so, no, I, I agree with you on that a hundred percent. And as we wind down, we have a couple more minutes here, but I want to touch on one thing before we go to the book piece, because that's really exciting. You mentioned giving ourselves grace, especially if you're a high achiever. We got some people who listen in who are from sales. We got people who listen to business owners. We feel like we can't give ourselves grace at all. Like, nope, I got to be as hard on myself as possible because I got to hit these goals. I got to do these things. So how are you coaching people for them to give themselves grace, especially during this time? Yeah, it's a really, really, really good question. The way I actually coach people is reverse engineering that. So mm. what is the cost to you when you don't give yourself grace? And a lot of times the cost obviously is our own mental, emotional health. You know, a lot of times the cost is us not being the best selves we can be when we are with our family, you know, yeah. us pushing ourselves and then not having patience with our family. So asking that type of question of like, what does it cost you? to keep up this go, 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 go. Even in a world where we're all having, again, this collective experience. And so like, you can only go so far here. Yeah. You can only go so far, I'm on the screen with you. You know, we're not, no one's flying back and forth and back and forth. So that's the one thing I would say. And then the other thing is like, literally to have enough vulnerability and courage, because I do think they're the same thing. To like, ask yourself, and I say this a lot, like, the person you are when you're brushing your teeth every single morning is like your truest self. Yeah. You're just like <laughs> maybe groggy, maybe just got out of the shower, maybe just had your coffee, but like it's your truest self. You're not sitting there going, I got to brush my teeth. I got to brush my teeth. <laughs> you're like, I'm brushing my teeth. And you're it. like chilling out and kind of like setting up the day. There's, there's a moment there. There's a little moment, I believe, of grace right there of like self-compassion and self-generosity that you can give to yourself, just acknowledge it. And then, I don't know, it's almost like when people say to like, take three deep breaths in and three deep breaths out and it just resets you. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. It's a little bit of a meditative, meditative trick that I do um, a lot. And I think that reset or reframing what it is to be a hustler, those days are, you know, the days are changing. Yeah. You know, and uh, I do think we we all all need to be more self-compassionate with, with with who we are. It's you know, it's not been easy. It's it's not at all. And it probably goes right into your book, which is the question of, you know, how, how did you start that? Like, how did it go? Like, it, it actually goes right into that. And I want to add a context point because it's really important is reframing that because I think what a lot of people think hustler, it's like, all right, 20 hours a day, get after it, right? No sleep. And I think everyone, everyone's different though, right? Your goals are obviously going to predicate on how your work ethic is going to be, right? And no one should feel bad for working 18 hours. However, I think a lot of that happens because you see someone else doing it and you're like, that's the cool thing. And it's like, well, maybe that's not you. And it's okay if yeah. it's not, right? And I think that's an important piece. Totally. I mean, totally, totally. It's a, it's a crucial piece that... You know, you want to, you want to, that's again, going back to just want to check yourself. Yeah. And, and make sure you're living your life for you, not your life because you see someone else living it like that on Instagram. Cause it's probably not that it's probably not that way. No, not at all. Not at all. So, so Claude, tell us about this book. Is this the, this is the first book that you're ever yeah. writing from? from yep. Yeah. So, so yeah. how did you get here? And then what's your advice for people that want to write a book and what have you been doing so far to make sure this is a successful launch for you? Yeah. Well, I'm still in the, in the beginning phases of writing it, you know, I had to go through an enormous amount of, 
uh, just researching my in myself, asking mm. myself super hard questions. Yeah. But um, I had a couple publishers come to me to write a book on what it's like to be the first chief art officer and, you know, creating culture. Uh, and so I've taken that into a place of like, what is it like to what I'm calling live in the silver lining? Mm-hmm. And I am an emotional optimist. That's who I am. And emotional optimism, there's no false or toxic positivity. This isn't to negate the feelings and the, the hardships that happen. It's, an incre- it's just in having an increased understanding of our emotions and also our interconnectedness and, our, and also our interdependence so that, you know, in the middle of difficulty, we can find lightness as well. You know, the sun will shine. It, mm. it will, but it will in the middle of difficulty. Also, you know, there will be hope as you and I have talked about. So yeah. that's what the book is really going to be about. And kind of like the, 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 the DNA and the, the thinking of an optimist, the heart of an optimist. Mm. Uh, and then what I would say, you know, is for anyone that wants to write a book, it's yes, of course, start writing. And I think that's really hard. It's definitely hard for me. Mm-hmm. So what I had to do is I had to work with someone who I call a book coach to start to ask me questions and probe things that I would say, like you, like you asked me to dig deeper on some things. Mm-hmm. You asked me to like, not just say the broad strokes. I had someone that really helped push me because I need that uh, because it, because it lives inside of me, no one else is inside of me. So I need help articulating what I actually mean, because I really think that, that, what I have to say can be very transformative in the world, not only in the working world, but in the world today. And I, I want to bring about a revolution in our workplaces. And I want to bring about a revolution of tenderness in this world. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a strong, powerful book. Everybody needs to get it as soon as it comes out. I know I'm getting it. Thank so, you. so, but this is a really important question that I have here because you said it is that in the midst of, darkness in the midst of chaos there's a lesson or there is light or there is there is something that is that could be optimistic there in the past year people probably face more darkness than they ever have before and so my question to you is do you believe everything happens for a reason and then the side question to that is how do you find those reasons do i believe everything happens for a reason i believe that there are a lot of consequences to our choices yep And so maybe that is that everything happens for a reason, but I don't think that there, I don't think people get cancer for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't think those types of things happen for a reason. I think that's, that's biological and DNA and whatnot. But I think that societal change or societal issues happen for a reason. Yeah. And that's something that was set in motion centuries ago. What we saw happen in June centuries ago in this country, which we all know about. And now we all know about even more, can't hide from it. Yep. And now what we're seeing, the you know, Black Lives Matter, that is now happening for a reason. So to answer your question, there are some things that definitely do happen for a reason. And some of these things have deep, deep, deep roots. And you and I weren't even in the cosmos at that yeah. point, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, but I do think that those reasons are things that turn the lights on. You know, once we get a grip of something, it's like, oh, there's light there. There's a light there. Let's go there. You know, you know that aha moment? The aha moment isn't like, okay, shut the door, you're done. The aha moment is the open door. Yep. Let's go. Let's walk through that. Let's walk through it. Let's figure let's it out. Let's walk from through there. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that that makes a lot of sense. Like there are obviously certain things that happen. You're like, man, I just it, it's life. But obviously what's happening now, what's going to happen in the future, there are those doors you can walk through and to figure out how can we take action once we get to the door, right? It's not, hey, we got to the door and just hang out. It's no, let's take action on what's here so we can make a powerful change and, and really unlock the optimism that we're trying to do. And so I, yeah. I think that's spot on on that book perspective. And as we wrap up here, uh, last question that we ask people that come on this podcast is, what is the best advice that you've received recently? The best advice that I have received recently, actually, it's actually, it's, it's interesting advice. Um, it's again, to play to my strengths. Mm -hmm. And if there's something I can't do a hundred percent, 
it's okay to do 80 as long as I bring someone else in to do the 20. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the advice I, I was actually given by Gary recently. And, and there's context to it, of course. But yeah. literally, it's, if there's something that is, is not, it's not totally in my wheelhouse, but I can get yeah. us to third base, that's cool. Third base is awesome. Bring someone else in to get us home. And that's really awesome because that means not everything is on my shoulders. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and I can also share it with someone and lean on their strengths and give them a nod. And the side note to that question, you mentioned Gary, you know, a lot of people have questions around how's it working with him? How is that? Is he, is he fired up all the time? Like, like how is he's that? So chill. <laughs> oh people always have that question. Yeah. He's Gary is so what you see is what you get. He's so insightful. Mm. And I'm, I mean, you know, I think he's very chill. Now I see Gary, I don't see Gary V the personality. Sure. You know, um, and they are one and the same to an extent, but like I see a guy that is so incredibly people first and focused on doing the right thing by people and has a lot of integrity. And, you know, our communication, like even while we've been on this podcast, I've gotten four texts from him. Like we text all the time, you know, we kind of like, because we work through osmosis a lot and intu intuition, I always say like, we kind of grunt at one another. <laughs> That's awesome. um, yeah, it's really, it's fun. It's, it's really fun. And he is the best teacher and the best mentor I've certainly ever had. And a great friend. Yeah. Well, that, that's awesome, Claude. Well, I'm, just really appreciate for you coming on this podcast and sharing your insights with the audience and any shout outs you already kind of gave a little shout out there but any shout outs you have or anything that we should be looking forward to i know you mentioned the book but want to give you the opportunity yeah well i want to shout out i really want to shout out all the people today that are shouting out other people mm. all the people that woke up this morning or looking at this podcast or listening to this podcast and then texting three people and saying, Hey, I really appreciate you. That's what I want. That's what I want to shout out for sure. And uh, cause that's the most important thing. Cause that's how you scale love yeah. and kindness and hit me up on, you know, LinkedIn or Instagram. I, I write everyone back. I'd love to see you. Uh, I got a podcast and a blog and um, just getting my, my thoughts out there, getting some, some great, great people to jam with. But, uh, this has been amazing, Morgan. I want to just thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And for your Instagram, it's just Claude Silver. Is that yeah? Is that everything. Okay, Real cool. Easy. Claude Silver. Cool. I don't. Know. Some people have like <laughs> like flying with eagles twenty two, and I just want to make sure, <laughs> right? I just want to make sure. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much, Claude, for being on here. As I always say, y'all one up, and we'll see y'all next time.